Beyond the Fairways. With PGA Tour professional Jay Delsing and hosted by four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. Now, it's Beyond the Fairways. Beyond the Fairways is presented by Darty Business Solutions. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. And we're going to talk about the state of the game. When you have LIV, you've got the PGA Tour, you've got all these great young players, but world rankings are something that has to be figured out, especially when you're talking about Ryder Cups, who makes teams, who are the guys that automatically will be on those teams. And Jaybird, first and foremost, great to see you. You tell you too, Danny. It's great to be with you. And you know what? This is perfect timing. We put some of our great guests on hold to be able to talk about this because after Kepka just smashes his third PGA Championship win at Oak Hill, it's a perfect time to try to break some of this down for the folks and try to get some sort of clarity, which isn't going to be easy because now all of a sudden, Kepka, this live player, is going to have a lot of points from winning the PGA Championship. And is he going to be on the team? Is he not going to be on the team? What's going to happen to the Europe European side? And, and you know, just lots of stuff to, to, to talk about. So Zach Johnson is the captain for the U.S. And you talk about having synergy on your team, camaraderie on your team. You being a former player, I'm really curious about this. Would it bother you? If you're on that team and you've played on the PGA Tour and you said, nope, I'm not going to accept that money, but all of a sudden we're going to let these guys play in the elite event outside of majors to represent the U.S. team. I just wonder if that would bother some of the players and if it's a concern right now for Zach Johnson. Oh, it's a concern. For sure, it's a concern. Okay. And it'll, I think, Danny, I think the biggest thing for us to talk about is the personality that Brooks is. You know, and, and you know, last time they had the Ryder Cup going, he was – doing all the weird stuff with um, uh, DeChambeau and, you know, they were kind of, and that turned out to be a whole lot of nothing anyway. But um, it's going to be interesting because if Brooks Kepka can earn his way on the team in one of the automatic exemptions, which will mean more good play in majors, then this is a moot point. Because the PGA of America has already said that they will be allowed to play. The biggest thing, though, Danny, is what happens with those at-large captain's choices? How do you keep DJ off that team? How do you keep some of these great players? And let's just say Kepka is not automatic. How do you keep him off that team? How do you keep some of these great players that we talk about all the time, a Patrick Reed, others that, especially in that type of play, are very tough to beat? I it, Ultimately, it comes down to trying to win this thing, and you want the best players. Players. Oh, absolutely. And we've talked about this, oh gosh, off the air a lot, but the tide has turned in the Ryder Cup well in favor of the of the United States team. Our young players, the Cantleys, the Shafleys, the Morikawas, these guys are young and upcoming and not going anywhere where the Euros are headed a little long in the tooth with Sergio and um, uh, uh, Lee Westwood yeah. and uh, Ian Poulter and those guys, and so um, it, it's it's a it's an odd thing. I mean, Patrick Reed's Captain America, Danny. I right. mean, his his duel with Rory up at Hazeltine was legendary, and, and stuff that books are written out of and movies are made of. It was really that cool. You're a captain, let's say. What would you do? Would you allow these guys, or would it be nope? I'm not going to do it out of spite, 
or out of the fact I'm worried about camaraderie? I'm worried about camaraderie. I don't I don't want to get spite in there and because exactly. that could really screw me up. But what's interesting is that let's 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 break it down a little bit. On L I V, we've got DJ who who was who would would be squarely in, in the sights of either making the team or being one of the choices. Patrick Reed and and Kepka. That's really just about it, Danny. Bryson DeChambeau has yeah. had one good tournament in the last three months and kind of been headed off to pasture somewhere. Philly Mick, with with the exception of that great uh, back nine and, and the great uh, finish at Augusta has been irrelevant. And um, who else, you know, American-wise, would you be considering? So are we really only talking about three? I mean, DeChambeau, a distant uh, – conversation probably not at this point so i mean it it, it all's go it is really going to come down to what does the team makeup look like and what who's going to be on it and you know what's really neat is that zach's going to be able to get a lot of input from guys that really are in the know so what do you do with the world golf rankings when you have two different tours you get the pga tour you've got really what is an exhibition that we talk about with liv how do you figure out in any kind of formula to, to figure out the world golf rankings, which would then help you with what you're trying to do? <laughs> I know. It's kind of like the chicken or the egg. We keep talking in a circle, but it's, it's really hard. I mean, Sports Illustrated, you and I were talking about this off the air. Sports Illustrated themselves has come up with these golf rankings, you know, and it's it's interesting. And I actually know uh, the fellow that's doing it. He's a really good guy and a golf lover, but... There's just you, they're they're not the same. They're not stuff that's it's comparable. Not the it's right. not the pressure. The PGA Tour is pressure. It's four days. It's it's cutthroat. But you look at LIV. It's three days. It's an exhibition. And it's and it we're talking about history and going into the history books. You know, the one thing that's impressive about Kepka is that what did what did we read? He's only one of what seven or eight people in the history of the game that have won that many majors. He's I mean, a World Golf Hall of Famer now. Absolutely he is. He's got to be. He absolutely is. And I got to tell you, and we talked about this again, when he got all finished playing on Saturday and Amanda Renner is interviewing him and they're talking about Augusta. Because remember, we've had two majors so far, Danny, and Kepka has sat on the lead both it's Saturday amazing. nights. It's amazing. And he let this one get away from him down at Augusta. And John Rahm played a really great round of golf on Sunday. So it's debatable, on, uh, but not in Kepka's mind. He said he made a crucial error and he won't do that again. He says it on national TV to Amanda's credit. She says, Well, what is what it? Is He's it? like, right. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not giving away my secrets. But, and then he goes out the next day, Danny. And, and goes out and birdies three of the first four holes and just grabs that championship and takes it home. If you could put your finger on it, if you're going to take a guess of what that was, what the adjustment was, what do you think it is, and what did you see going into the PGA Championship on that Sunday? He played to win. That's Brooks a good Kepka point. Was, he, Brooks Kepka was playing great golf in both championships, but Sunday, here's the other thing. Didn't that he we, come out, what, birdied three of the first four, four. or three of the first five, whatever yeah, it was? the PGA Championship. But here's the other thing that wasn't taken into account. The weather was all jacked up down at Augusta. Danny, That's true. And he had to play, wasn't it 30 holes or something? on so, and, and so that is much more of a mental grind. And I promise you, he didn't have the right prep for that and he said so he played to not lose in Augusta and at the PGA Championship at Oak Hill he said the hell with it man I'm playing to win this thing and I'm not altering my style 
from the first three days and at Augusta, he made that alteration. I miss Patrick Reed. I know he's a great villain in the game. I miss watching Kepka every single weekend. I miss DJ. And look, if they're good enough to make the team for the Ryder Cup, I think you, if you're Zach Johnson, you have to add them because they give you the best chance to win. At the end of the day, Danny, yeah. you wanted the best chance to win. And I, I think the only thing, the only question that's going to arise is that will it be disruptive in the room to have them in there? I really don't know the answer to that. Don't you think tempers and opinions have kind of cooled? I, I thought I it, after the Masters and the build-up to that, what is it going to be like? And these players are are back playing on the PGA Tour for the the, the majors. I, I just felt like everything kind of cooled down. I do too. It, it, part I, I, of that was the LIV players playing it down too. Absolutely. Yeah. It was. It was. You know, Danny. Think about it. These guys have known each other for even if they've only been on tour for say five or 10 years. They've known each other for at least another yeah. five or 10 years from junior golf and all that. They, these guys have been playing college golf against one another and they've been trying to beat their bra- each other's brains in for years and years. So, you know, they, that I, I think as this lawsuit kind of dwindles in significance, I think um, some of the harder feelings are definitely going away. We're going to have our picks of the week. They're stopping at the Memorial Jacks Tournament. That's always fun to talk about. Also, innovations in golf, course design. We'll get into that. And a tip segment, identifying your lies on uh, pitching and chipping and what you want to do with that. This is Beyond the Fairways, and we're presented by Darty Business Solutions. Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. The world of golf is ever-evolving. It's time for equipment and innovations in golf. On Beyond the Fairways. We thought it'd be the right time on Beyond the Fairways to take a look at course design. And one of the guys that you hear about all the time with course design, it's a Nicholas course design. Well, the stop on the PGA Tour is the memorial. We'll get into that a little bit later. But course design, all these big names that do it, how is it done? I mean, you have this plot of land, and these guys are able to come up with a unique look and say, they've got a special eye for it, Jane, say, Oh, I love the undulation here. This this needs to go here. Here's a clubhouse. This is where the, the greens are. This is how you want to play it. I, I just think it's fascinating. It, it really is, Danny. If you think about it, like you're saying, all of these courses start out as a big hunk of land with yes. rolling hills and brooks and ponds and things like that. And a lot of times... Um, folks will, the, these designers will go ahead and create their ponds. They'll dig it up. But oftentimes 
the great Jack Nichols will take a lot of what that land already has to offer and implement it in the way that he designed certain holes, the way that the fairways fall and things like that. And um, what, what I really love about having someone like Jack Nicholas design a course is that all of the history that this guy has in that brain, in that body, what he's lived, the courses in Europe, Danny, the courses in New Zealand, Australia, the Far East, all of these places, they all can have some of the, he can draw on some of those experiences and make these, these courses special. I get to put you on the spot. Who's the best designer in your opinion? Boy, that is a that's it. So I happened to especially um, I, I realized this when we started doing the Fox uh, golf stuff. We would go to a bunch of older, more classic designs. There, there was a golden age, golden age of golf architecture, Danny. That where a lot of these guys came out of the Philadelphia area. It was uh, Tillinghask and Crump and some of these uh, Thomas and some of these guys that all kind of hung out together. They're all of European descent and they all love the game and they all kind of hung out together and 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 influenced one another sure and and so you got donald ross's in that group and things like that and so i have a i have a tendency to like some of the older classic designs like we've talked about this before where you go man some of the hardest holes are dead straight you know with a small green hit hit it on the hit it on the fairway hit it on the green try and do that for four days in a row you know you don't need a lot of hoopla but the challenge for today, Danny, is the power yes. that these players bring to the table. You know, you're not going to throw – if you throw a 350-yard hole out there at a, at a modern-day tour player, it better have all sorts of trouble yes. and stuff because these guys will be popping it right on the green. Is there something unique, though, with Nicholas courses? Is there something that separates his particular designs that are Absolutely. always frequently seen in the various courses that he's designed? Absolutely. First of all, Jack is, is notably generous off the tee. And it, and it probably goes back to him not being particularly straight himself, you know. So generous, so, wider fairways. Much wider okay. fairways. But, man, I, I got to tell you, around Jack's green complexes, the way that he angles these – a lot of Jack's greens angle at a 45-degree angle away from you, Danny. And if you miss on the wrong side – Good luck. I mean, you'll see some impossible-looking shots this week at at, uh, at uh, Muirfield Village, and he is he is extremely penal. And I will say this: Jack's putting surfaces are probably the best of any modern day designer to put on is there, in terms of smoothness. What do you? Me. Well, do you think there's a course out there, a designer that that is? I don't want to say favored the PGA Tour players, but there's one that. The PGA Tour players say, you know what, that course design plays to our style of game. May not be for the average duffer out there, but for those guys, hey, this this suits our game. This is something that we can really we can post some really low scores. Yeah, it's interesting because right now this this gentleman named Gil Hans has been doing a lot of redos. So what he's been doing is taking these classic courses and trying to modernize them just a bit so that the tour players are still challenged, but the courses don't lose that special flavor that some of these older architects brought to the table. And so Gil Hans has really been uh, in, in fact, we got to get Gil on the show. He would be fascinating to talk about but he is he he changed Los Angeles Country Club, LA North, and and updated that for the where they're playing the U.S. Open this year, and many many others. And so Gil comes to mind as this. He's a and, and I know him well. He's 
he cares deeply about keeping the integrity and the intent that that original designer meant and wanted to have, yet keep it so that the modern-day player is challenged. Where do you think it's going to go with some of these courses? As you mentioned, the length is changing, and if they don't change the golf ball itself to fit some of the courses that have run out of room, right. what are you going to do? Right. We're going to be – I mean, Curtis Strange said it, I think, a couple of months ago. He said the next generation of player, you know, I'm six foot five, is going to be six seven, six eight, and going to hit the ball 400 yards. Exactly. And it's coming, Danny. It's, it's just coming. I mean – well, hell, we're just talking about your son on the way over here. He had to drive 384 yards and drove right. one of the long par fours over Bell Reeve the other day. And I was like, what did I just see? <laughs> right. You know what I mean? So we're, we're watching it, and it's almost almost impossible to try to, to, to try to understand. But it's coming, and so they're going to have to put some premiums on on. What happens when you miss? Meaning, if you're going to hit it in the rough, see, these players are so strong that you're going to have to do something in order to to combat that and and, and penalize the the miss. Yeah. And right now, the PGA Tour, Danny, is all about birdies. It's like chicks digging the long ball, man. The, it's all about smashing it, the bomb and gouge, as Johnny Miller used to call it, and just beating it out there and figuring out a way to get it in the hole. Now, a perfect example of this was the Ryder Cup when we the U.S. went over to the Golf Club de National in France, and we absolutely got our butts handed to it because our players did not make the adjustments. The rough, Danny, was so penal, it was chip out. You hit it in the rough, it wasn't like, wow. oh, I'm going to knock it on the green. It's like, I barely found my ball, and I got to chip it out. And our players didn't adjust, and it showed. And so something like that is is my guess on, on how they'll combat that. I want to tell our listeners about Henson shaving, the pains of using a cheap razor. You get the nicks, the cuts, irritation. Jay and I both use Henson shaving. Talk about, well, the annoyance of subscription razors. Well, if tech-focused is what you're looking for, then it's mechanics, physics of shaving. That's why you got to meet Henson Shaving. Shaving is a family-owned, and Henson Shaving is family-owned, aerospace parts manufacturer that has made parts for the ISS International Space Station and Mars Rover, and now they're bringing precision engineering to your shaving experience. Razor blades are like diving boards. The longer the board, the more wobble. The more wobble, the more nicks, cuts, and scrapes. Bad shave isn't a blade problem. It's an extension problem. By using aerospace-grade CNC machines, Henson makes metal razors that extend just .0013 inches, which is less than the thickness of a human hair. That means a secure and stable blade with a vibration-free shave. It gets better. The razor has built-in channels to evacuate hair and cream, which makes clogging virtually impossible. Henson shaving wants the best razor, not the best razor business. It's affordable. The Henson Razor works with standard dual-edge uh, edge blades to give you that old-school shave with the benefits of new-school tech. Once you own a Henson Shaver and Razor, it's only about $3 to $5 per year to replace the blades. That's it. 3 to $5 per year to replace 
the blades. Jay and I both use Henson razors. Make sure you do it as well. Time to say no to subscriptions. Yes to a razor that'll last you a lifetime. Visit HensonShaving.com slash BTF. And that's for Beyond the Fairways to pick the razor for you. Use the code BTF. You'll get two years worth of blades free with your razor. Just make sure to add them to your cart. That's 100 free blades when you head to HensonShaving.com slash BTF and use that code BTF for Beyond the fairways. Denny, I don't know what the hell they did, but that shave <laughs> is absolutely fantastic. So you got to try it. I'm using it. You're using it. We've given it to our friends. I know your brother uses it. Mine does as well. And it's really worked. It's been great. All right. I'm going to ask you this before we head to the tip segment. Favorite course to play for you on the PGA Tour was? The Memphis South one, because I, every time I played the there, score. I felt like I had it. Yeah. I had a chance to win. I, I own a lot of the scoring records there. I shot a 61 one Sunday. Wow. Um, and, and, um, had a couple of, uh, chances to win, uh, the, the event. Now, I hold lo- on. You shot a 61 and did not win. No. Cause I was starting a little far off the face. <laughs> I, I think I was started in 50th, 50th that day, Danny. And I finished like fourth. Is that right? Yeah, it was. I just ran out of holes. I wish I could have kept yeah. playing. It was just one of those days, you know. Um, but I that golf course is one of those weird courses that just suits my eye, and I just, I just love it. But you know, this week the tour's playing at at Muirfield, and that's right up there as well. I bet. That, I got to play with Jack Nicholas there. That that golf course in that event is so cool it is if you ever get a chance to get to dublin ohio muirfield villages must tip segment coming up beyond the fairways presented by doherty business solutions identifying your lie on pitching and shipping we're going to get into that coming up have you ever wanted tips from a pga pro it's the tip segment on beyond the fairways with pga professional jay delsing and four-time emmy award-winning broadcaster dan mclaughlin Tip segment, Jay Delsing, Dan McLaughlin. Again, we're brought to you by Darty Business Solutions. Identifying your lie on pitching and chipping, and I know you really wanted to get into this. Yeah, and, and, and folks, folks are probably going, what the hell, hell is he talking about? First of all, if you're pitching and chipping from the fairway, you got it. You're fine. We, we can talk about that at another time. What I'm talking about now is I see this every time. Hell, the last time you and I were playing golf, I watched this this member. He's about three feet off the green, and he's just trying to hit this little soft little chip that's 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 in probably only three or four inch rough, and not only because I played a lot of rough in my life oh, every day that I played, <laughs> but but this guy and he just sculled it all the way across the green. Yeah, you know, and and we just watched him and we laughed and. And, and not laugh, but we just felt for no, him. No, we and, laughed. And I said, well, we, we laughed. We didn't want to laugh at his face. We <laughs> laughed. But so here's the deal, folks. When you get to your ball, it's the first thing that a tour player does. You've missed the green. You, the first thing you do is you get up there and you look and see how your ball's lying. And what I mean by that is what does the back of the ball, where your club is going to hit the ball, look like? Can you get a clean hit with very little to no grass, or are you going to get interference from the blades of grass. It's crucial, Danny. So more times than not, if you're just off the green and you're not playing in a lot of rough, your lie is going to be clean and you're going to be fine. But if it's not, 
This is the crucial component to getting this next shot, not even on the green, but close to the flagstick. You have got to identify that grass behind your ball, and that grass is going to dictate the shot that you must play. Not kind of, or sometimes you must play what I call the bunker shot. So you pretend you're in the sand. It's going to be a neutral position with your hands, meaning your hands aren't way in front of the ball or even way behind the ball. They're right on the center of the ball. And then you need to create a little angle going up on your backswing so that when you go down, you're going to avoid a good portion of that grass. It's not going to slow your blade down. It's not going to put doubt in your mind as to how hard you have to do it. And, Danny, crucial here, the angle up as you drop the the head of that wedge on the back of the ball, about two inches behind that ball, and you hit the grass and everything out of there, that gives the ball lift. It sends it up in the air, and what you need is something coming out of that rough softly that's not going to shoot low and across the green. It's going to feel almost like a chop because of that lift on your backswing. But once you get that lift feeling, you could drop the head of that wedge right on the back of the ball, keep the face pointing to the sky. It never gets tipped over, and make your finish. So finish up on your left side like a right-handed golfer will. That ball will come out high and soft. I showed you that, and yeah. the look on your face was like... Couldn't believe it. It, it doesn't make sense it, right? that that motion creates that effect, does it? Oh, it, it was great. And then you talk about a lot of times where you want it in your stance, when you want to get some action on it, maybe a little bit lower, and that's something that you taught me as well. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're hitting that little bunker shot, that – that ball goes forward in your stance, okay? So because it's going to be a high and softer shot with not a lot of not a lot of run. Now, what we you and I were working on last time we were together was getting that ball in a clean lie back in your stance a little bit. And all of a sudden you said to me, listen to the sound. Yeah. It's so different. You got that nice little click and you were able to use the bounce. And what happened? Little spin. Doom, doom, doom. Doom, yep. You know, a couple, couple bounces, a little, little jar up. I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing if you just get that ball in the right spot in your stance and move it around a little bit for the particular shot. How the clubs are 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 so designed well today to do this stuff for you. When it's a really short grass, almost yep. like you're hitting off concrete. Yep. You see a lot of people skull the ball. Right. Why is that? Because Danny, they try to help the ball in the air. Remember, I was telling you one of the first things we talked about was. Keep your levels, keep your knee levels the same, keep your hips level, hip level the same. And what I mean by that is if you try to raise up, people's intuition is their right hip for a right-handed golfer kind of curls back and gets lower than the left, and it's this lifting motion. The club rises up as you do that, and the leading edge hits the ball halfway in the center of the ball and sends it all the way across the green. We want to hit slightly down on it with nice level hips and level knees and turn right through it. And you, What you did this past week was so beautiful because I said, just let the ball get in the way. And you were letting the weight of the club swing you through to your finish, and you just hit some phenomenal little, little pitches that you really hadn't hit before. No, I had not been taught that. I mean, I'm learning as we go with you. I see a lot of people just chop at it, but then they give up on the swing. Yep. 
because they're afraid. Right. And you can't be afraid with that shot. No, and you've got to keep going. Get Go through exactly. the ball. Don't hit at the ball. That's another reason why people screw up their little pitches and their chips is because, Danny, they hit at it or they kind of flinch at it. Just pretend like it's a practice swing and you're going right through there for a right-handed golfer. You're going to finish with weight on your left side and go right on through, and the ball just gets hit and the club does all the work for you. The PGA Tour has a stop at Mirfield Village, and that's Jack's tournament, the Memorial. We're going to talk about our pick segment, and that should be fun because we have our favorites. We've been hot. We've got our sleepers. Those have been good as well. So win some money with us when you listen to Beyond the Fairways, presented by Doherty Business Solutions. Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer. First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. Where do we find the best golfers in the world this week? It's time for the Picks segment on Beyond the Fairways. Picks segment on Beyond the Fairways presented by Darty Business Solutions and the Memorial. I mentioned Jack's Tournament. And let's start with this. You said before in our podcast, you love this place. You love this tournament. Danny, first of all, the golf course is immaculate. The greens are are carpets. They're just beautiful. They're, Jack's probably got you know, five guys to do the job of one person. You come there as a player, you feel so special. The entire uh, Columbus community gets out involved. They've got great sponsorship over the years. They've had nationwide. They've had all sorts of different really corporate giants that are involved in the in the event. The crowds are huge, and the golf course produces great champions. It really does. What was it like to see Jack at that tournament as a player? Um, and to be around him, know that this is tournament, and just the the magnitude of the personality that he is in the game of golf. Oh, it was, it was really special. And what was really interesting was to look at the way you know he was received and he was idolized there. You know, because I, I'm just Jack's what 83 years old. You know, I'm 62. I just never got to play with him in his prime, but it was. I was watching him on TV, you know, and yeah. I was dreaming about one day being able to do that. And then to be out there, you know, he's such a classy human. He just does so many things right. And it'd be, we'd be doing everybody a disservice if we didn't talk about Barbara and she's the she's, money they've raised. Absolutely. And she's the mother of golf. I mean, she just does so many things right with all of their charitable stuff and just, she, you know, she's she's mothered some of the guys on the PGA Tour. Ricky Fowler calls her mom. And, yeah. You know, they text all the time. And, you know, it's interesting, Danny. You talk about, you know, most of the men 
and the tour players, it's not that they wouldn't help you when I was younger. It's just that you just didn't have a lot of occasion to do that. But you know what? Somebody's wife, somebody like Barbara Nicholas, it just is this giving soul is invaluable for, for, you know, picking up things and telling you how to do things. And what they've done for children's charities in terms of the hospital and the millions. I mean, it's close to now, what, over $100 million that they've raised for children's charities, but in particular, the, the hospital that's down south. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, I think it's well over $100 million and they keep doing it. They've got this Play Yellow uh, initiative, and yeah. that's all over the place. And, I mean, it's just, you know, this is, Danny, again, what makes it, I know we're golf honks and we're golf nerds and all the other adjectives you want to throw at us about golf and we're guilty, but this is what makes a game so special. I mean, the, the, the fact that they're playing this event in Columbus, Ohio, and there's going to be 10 to $20 million raised this week that's going to stay right in that community. And you're a philanthropic guy. You've got your own tournament. You've raised over $5 million. But it's a lot of, it's a work, lot of work, man. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. And these guys are doing it every single week. And it's, it's impressive. The thing that has impressed me in our conversations and when we get the other players that are on our show is when you guys start talking about the charitable arm of the PGA Tour. And you can talk about the NBA, Major League Baseball, hockey, I don't care what sport, any major sport. It's not even close to what the PGA Tour is raising week after week after week. It's amazing. It is, Danny. And I really wish the tour talked about that or I advertised agree. it more. We we will donate more money to charity this week than the four major sports combined, which is the NBA, NFL, NHL, and MLB combined. It's amazing. It's just, yeah, and it's it's just like at least let people know that, you know, when when someone comes by and says, hey, would you like to be involved in this golf tournament? You don't necessarily have to love golf. You can be helping your community, you know. Uh, the, the thing that you and I do in St. Louis with the Ascension Charity Classic is another blockbuster thing we've only been in around for two years but it's it's ripping and 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 i'm so proud of being a part of that as well no doubt let's get to our picks of the week all right i usually like to bounce these things off you to see if i'm crazy so i'm gonna go with oh, rory. you're crazy all right <laughs> let's go with my favorite rory mcelroy skip the charles schwab i always feel and tell me if i'm wrong but a player takes a week off physically, mentally, if there's really not a major issue with them, they come back like gangbusters. It's just, you know, they're, they're, there's a club in their hand every day of the week just about, and the pressure is on. And to get a little bit of a mental break, they usually come back like gangbusters, and that's why I'm going with Rory. Yeah, it's not a bad – nope, you're, you're spot on. It's exactly the way they draw it up when you're looking at the schedule at, in advance at the, year, at the beginning of the year. They're going to pick their spots. They're going to want to play here. They're going to want to take off here. Sometimes – it's just a business decision and the golf course doesn't suit their eye or doesn't, you know, they don't seem to make much money there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, you never go wrong with Rory, right? I mean, the exactly. guy, when, when, when Rory puts well, Danny, he doesn't finish out of the top five. That's all. The, that's all the a period. I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. My favorite is going to be a guy that's been owning this place lately. And he's a, Fellow UCLA Bruin, I'm going with Patrick oh, okay. Cantlay. Yeah, I know that's not a big stretch either. Big deal for you, all right. I mean, that's you got to go with the hometown guy. You play to UCLA, you got to you got to pull for your Bruin. Absolutely. We'll 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 see if Patrick Patrick Cantlay's taken a lot of heat, Danny, lately about his slow play and some of the things. And uh, he's a real thoughtful guy and a caring guy. It'll be interesting to see if he plays well and see what happens. Dark horse, I got Sun J M. Seven straight top twenty fives, including three straight top tens. So maybe he busts through this weekend. Oh. 
he was a stalwart for the President's Cup team uh, last rendition, and he's a damn good player and a world-class player. And just what you just read in his recent hot streak. You wouldn't know that, would you? No. He does it so quietly. But, um, man, his game, he, he's, he, is a, he is a birdie machine too, Danny. This guy makes a lot of birdies. So it'll be real interesting to see about Sanjay. My dark horse is going to be Akshay Bhatia. He is this former world number one uh, amateur who – uh, decided to not go to college, could have got enough full-ride scholarship to any place he wanted, and he's worked out a special uh, invitation, a special, uh, oh gosh, what did it, a special member exemption this year because of his good play. He's a stream bean of a kid. He probably doesn't weigh 150 pounds, uh, and, and he just smashes it. And so I've, I've really watched this kid grow and, and play well. He won his very first corn ferry event that he ever played in and and uh, uh his parents are of indian descent and i think he's a, g- a great story do you feel that the players i don't know if they what the right way to put it is but out of respect to jack and it's got a this this field is loaded with some of the top players but out of respect to him you're going to see the major names in the sport Oh, absolutely. I mean, they feel an obligation to do this. Oh, absolutely. And it's an honor, Danny. I mean, when you get when you get to walk off the 18th green, whether you win or not, you got the great Jack Nicholas thanking you for playing in an event. And Arnold Palmer, Mr. Palmer used to do that too down at Bay Hill. And, and Arnold, unfortunately, is no longer with us, but there still commands a lot of respect and a lot of the players are still playing there because of the things that they've he's done for all of us all those years ago. I love doing this show. This has been so much fun. We've got major guests that we have had. I'm going to rattle off some, and then you can rattle off the ones I forgot. But Curtis Strange, we have had uh, David Faraday. We've had Tom Watson. We have had Gary McCord. The list goes on and on. Who else did I forget? I mean, we, we had, had Lee bunch. Trevino. Lee we Trevino. had Alan Shipnuck. We had Andy North. Yes. Um, we've, we've, we've had a lot of – we had Dottie Pepper. She yeah. was a blast uh, to, uh, to talk about and, uh, and to talk with. And, and we got a lot of other uh, guests. We got some caddies lined up that's going to be really, really fun to get some of their perspectives. And so, yeah, I mean, it, the, we, we had John Wood on not too yeah. long ago, and he's kind of a caddy and now a golf analyst. And so it's fun to just kind of surround uh, the game with all of these different personalities. And Gary McCord, you know, it's hard not to laugh when yes. you think about it, the stories he was telling us. Brad Faxon was another one, too. When you talk putting, if you are struggling at all with your putting, and I guarantee 100% of the people that are listening to this have had their struggles with putting, Go back and listen to that guy who's teaching Rory McIlroy. Took him from out of the top 150 in putting to the top 15. And then also he was a three-time leader in putting on the PGA Tour. So he's got an idea of what he's doing. I found that interview with him to be one of the more fascinating interviews with any sports figure I've ever had the chance to visit and with. And you've had some doozies. Let yes. me tell you, folks, take a look at listen to some of the people that you've interviewed from Gibson to Willie Mays to get goes to the Hall of Fame guys from all over the place. But when I when Brad Faxon talked about what he talked about, I couldn't wait to go try to putt. Yeah. You know what? And I started all of a sudden I started feeling different over the putter. And 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 um He also said something amazing, Danny, that once he had that one meeting with Crenshaw, he never finished, and he played as, we both played like 25 years, he never finished out of the top 25 in putting. Incredible. 
Incredible. This is great. Beyond the Fairways, download it wherever you get your podcasts. We're presented by Darty Business Solutions. Jay Bird, always fun to be with you. Kenny, this is great. I mean, let's just do another show right now. Beyond the Fairways, presented by Darty Business Solutions.